morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We do welcome you back to our series. It's entitled RE, that two-letter prefix meaning to go back to or to do something again. So we started last week as we, at the beginning here of the month, the beginning of 2023, the challenge was to reread. Read or reread the Word of God. And we looked at reasons why God's Word is powerful. It's, it's life-changing. It's trustworthy. You can count and depend upon the Word of God. And so, as we mentioned already in the service, we'll remind you, Bible reading guides available in the foyer. Bible reading guides as well on our website, algerag.com. You can find resources there. Print them out. Three different ones to choose from. Just a, a way to encourage you to get into the Word of God. Today we're going to be looking at the word rekindle. Rekindle. What, what is it that we need to kindle or rekindle? And I believe that that is our life of prayer. The life of prayer. John Bunyan had this quote about prayer. He said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. I like that. You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. And so it speaks to the power of, it speaks to that priority and that discipline of prayer. Prayer is that aspect of, it's that form of communication. And boy, you can, you can just start rattling off all kinds of forms of communication. As you go back in time, uh, still even used Morse code. Telegraph, telephone, sign language, letters, cards, radio, television, email, texting. I mean, you name it, there are ways for you and I to communicate one with another. When it comes to prayer, perhaps you have been to the point where it feels as if your communication is not going through. Ever been at a point in your life, maybe you've prayed a prayer, and it's the proverbial phrase, it feels like my prayers are bouncing off the ceilings. You feel as if that prayer is not going through. You say it's a form of communication, but you're not sure. God, are you listening? I'm trying really hard to speak, and boy, it doesn't seem like anything is happening. Maybe we feel like he either doesn't listen or if he listens, he doesn't understand. Or if he understands, well, why isn't he doing something? Boy, there's all kinds of thoughts when it comes to prayer. And so for a variety of reasons, many times we can fall short in this atmosphere of and discipline of prayer. So the challenge is to kindle, to Stir it up or to rekindle, refresh that aspect of prayer in our lives. And we're going to go and take a look in the Old Testament, a rather familiar passage and story. It's about Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. In this particular point in time, King Nebuchadnezzar had attacked Jerusalem. King, 
King Neb, the king of Babylon, had attacked Jerusalem. He brought some of those gifted individuals into the palace, some of the uh, wise and gifted young leaders. Daniel was one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were others. And remember, towards the beginning of the book, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given the finest of goods, the, the finest of food and wine, and they said, no, thank you. Give us veggies. Veggies and what? How many of you would go for veggies over steak or chicken or fish? We got one taker in here. Okay, uh, two. They said yes. That's what we want. And so in the midst of that, that led up. Chapter 3 was the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But coming here to chapter 6, we see King Darius. And at this time, Daniel's one of three governors. He had distinguished himself, and, and the king had viewed him very highly and was wanting to promote him. And what's true today was also true in Daniel's day and time, that people don't like it when somebody else gets promoted above them or gets honored above them, particularly if they have this relationship with God. And so these other leaders sought for a way to discredit Daniel. The only thing that they could come up with was the fact that this Daniel is a crazy man and he just prays multiple times a day to his God. Can you imagine if that is the only thing that could be found wrong with you? Is your relationship with God. Now, let's just pause. And, and we don't need to go into detail. But start thinking about yourself or family members, or friends, or co-workers, I would venture to say you and I would come up with a handful of things that we could point out that were wrong. I mean, so-and-so, boy, they just fly off the handle. So-and-so's got an attitude. So-and-so's mouth. So-and-so's this or that, right? But when it came to Daniel, only thing that they could find out was, boy, he prays faithfully to God. So what did they do? They butter the king up and tell him how awesome he is and say, hey, you know, we ought to have this law, this rule. Let's put it on the books that nobody can pray to anyone but you, O king, because you're so awesome. And oh, by the way, no big deal, but if anyone's found breaking this law, I don't know, let's, what do you think, throw them in a den of lions? And so that was the rule, that was the law that was put into place. Daniel had this habit. Daniel had a discipline of praying and spending time with God. And so this law is brought about. And so Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, not only lets us know what he decided, but it gives us some insight on how and why to kindle or rekindle our prayer life. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says, When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, this was the law, it was put in effect, that you could only pray to the king. When Daniel heard about that, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So we're going to explore a little bit about his response and a little bit about this challenge, 
How do you kindle or rekindle a prayer life? And, and why ought we to do that? So last week, boy, it's the word of God. It's getting in. It's digging into what he has for us. Today, it's spending time, that communication with God in prayer. Why should we kindle? Why should we begin it if you haven't or continue it and refresh it if you have? Because first of all, prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a relationship with God. In verse 10, it says that he was giving thanks to his God. His God. There was a relationship with God. Prayer is a relationship that is privately developed. You develop that relationship with God privately as you spend time in prayer with him. Think about it. It's very difficult to develop relationships or connections with people if you don't talk. Think about a friend. Think about a spouse. Can you imagine if the only time you talked to your spouse was Sunday morning? And the whole rest of the week, those other six and a half days, it was silence. What kind of relationship would be developed? We've got to continue that and, and continue the conversations and build that relationship. And yet sometimes in believers, as, as we have this relationship with God, if we're not careful, sometimes the only time people communicate with God might be here on a Sunday morning. A 9.30 devotional time or Sunday school time or a class time or a 10.30 service. And, and that's, okay, I'm in the house of God and I'm going to pray and I'm going to hear from him. And then we go back home and the rest of the week wonder how and why we're not growing in a walk with God. See, prayer is a relationship. It's privately developed. We talk and we pray and we share, but guess what? We also listen. Sometimes that can be the challenge because when you're talking to a spouse or you're talking to a friend or you're talking to a coworker, you've got that instant feedback, right? I talk to you, you listen, you talk to me, I listen. But what happens when we pray to God? We don't necessarily see him. So sometimes the challenge can be we just go on and on and on, and then the, the challenge could be, and it's, it's not that far removed from Christmas. We're only a few weeks past. Doesn't it seem like forever ago? It's not that long. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we approach God the way that little kids can approach Santa Claus. We come to God with a list, and boy, that list is long. Like many times, kids wish lists for Christmas. God, I wanna, and I wanna this, and I wanna that, and, I, and we rattle off all the things we need and or want and or wish for. And listen, we can bring our needs and requests to God, absolutely. Absolutely. But if we're not careful, sometimes our only conversation, sometimes our only relationship that's developed is purely asking for God to do stuff. 
Because, and, and sometimes prayer lists are helpful. We want to remember to pray for these individuals and for these needs. But if we're not careful, we say, God, I pray for this person in this situation. And we go through our list and we say, well, check it off. I'm good and I'm done. And sometimes we neglect to pause and to listen and to hear, seek to hear what God might speak to our hearts through prayer or through the word of God. I would venture to say at some point in time, you've encountered a family member, a friend, a coworker, a classmate who it's very difficult to get a word in edgewise. If that's you, just smile. If they're in here, don't look. But if you've encountered a person, smile. Everybody watching, listening online, you're smiling right now. Because you've had conversations where, you know, and you're about to try to say something, and they just keep going. Some people are super talented. You don't know how they come up with so much breath. But they can go from topic to topic to topic. And every time you're about ready to jump in and answer their topic or contribute something to the topic, they change topics. You've encountered that. Sometimes that's what we do with God. And certainly we can bring requests and bring needs to him. Absolutely. But sometimes that is the only aspect of our communication. God, and we rattle off our needs and our requests and our prayers, and we say, here's what I need, and here's what my family needs, and here's what all these other individuals need, and we go through that, and we close our Bible or close our notebook or maybe close a, a prayer request a, a tablet, and we're good, and we're done. Understand, prayer is a relationship. We privately develop, we pray, we talk, we share, we communicate, but we can also listen. Now, in some cases, yes, people, boy, they have heard God speak audibly. In a whole host of opportunities, God speaks as we read his word. God speaks through that still small kind of nudge in our hearts and in our life as we pause we, we pray about situations, and then God impresses upon our heart, and we listen. That can be the challenge. But prayer is a relationship. We privately develop it, but it's also publicly lived out. And that's what we see with, with Daniel. His prayer life was private, but all of a sudden it became public based on all of these other individuals and how he chose to respond was going to be lived out publicly came across a, a story about one particular area in africa where christianity had begun to spread new believers were zealous about a daily time of devotions with god they'd find their own spot within the wild thickets and they'd pour their hearts out to god after some time, the spots would become well-worn and paths were created as they would each find a place to pray. And so soon, one's prayer life was literally made public. However, if someone would begin to neglect his or her devotional life, others would soon notice it. Believers would then gently and lovingly remind those who neglected their prayer life with God, 
with this simple phrase, the grass grows on your path. Hmm. Their prayer life, their devotional life, their kind of going out by themselves, that, that path was so well-worn, others could see, wow, you have been faithful to your path. They could also see when you haven't been so faithful. See, that's the challenge because this relationship, it's personal and private with God, and yet it can be publicly lived out. The challenge, the encouragement is at points in our life, perhaps the grass has grown on your path. I want to encourage you today and this week to kindle or rekindle that prayer time, that prayer life, that relationship with God. You can find the path again. Secondly, why ought we to rekindle this prayer life? It's not just because our prayer life is relationship, but secondly, prayer is a way of life. Again, back to verse 10, it says, three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, just as he had done before. He had prayed on his knees three times a day when there was no law. Now, all of a sudden, it's a law. It's a decree, and you could only pray to the king. If you prayed to anybody else, you were in danger of being thrown to the lions. Prayer was his way of life. We ought to make prayer our way of life. I would venture to say we've got some things that are habits or a way of life. When you get up in the morning, do you tend to do the same thing? In maybe the same order, <laughs> you know, it's that routine, washing up or showering and, and how you get ready and, and a toothpaste and, and how you get dressed. I mean, there's, there's this process, there's this routine, right? There's this way of life, what you and I do. Prayer was a way of life for Daniel before the decree. Prayer was a way of life for Daniel after the decree. We make all kinds of things ways of life. Uh, this, this particular little piece of technology has, has taken over lives. I, I'd, I'd come across this, uh, this statistic this week that the average person checks their cell phone approximately 100 times a day. Now, some of you are saying a hundred times a day, I don't do that in a month. Others of you are saying, oh, only a hundred? That's my morning. I mean, you and I, we can get so wrapped up in what's my notification? Do I have a text message? Do I have a notification on social media? Did I get an email? Well, what about this? What about that? And we're checking, we're checking, we're checking. The average person will check a cell phone a hundred times. How many times will we stop and pause to develop a relationship with God in prayer or in the Word of God? I mean, there's all kinds of things that not demand our time but include our time. And we're so willing to do it, but is prayer one of those ways of life? 
See, the challenge is this. We make time for what's important to us. True? I mean, you'll find somebody and you say, wow, you are dedicated to, and fill in the blank, music. Somebody in school, maybe they're, they're practicing their musical instrument an hour or two or three hours a day. Sports, there's practices and scrimmages and games, and there's a huge emphasis in time. Job, work, hobbies, interests. There are so many things we invest our time in, but what about prayer? What about the Word of God? Is it a way of life to us? Boy, for Daniel, it was. It was a way of life before the decree. It's a way of life after the decree. Not as a chore. Daniel didn't go, guess I I gotta pray. He says, I get to pray. Man, several times a day, I'm going to spend time with God. Now, we don't have those literal words from Daniel, but it seems as if this was a habit, a discipline, a way of life even when it was outlawed, even when it was against the law. See, we've got to trust God as a means and as a way of life in prayer. We can trust God when things are going well. It's pretty easy to trust when things go well. It's a little harder to trust when things aren't going so well. When tragedy hits, when discouragement hits, When challenging times hit, do we still turn to and trust in God? Daniel did. He was taken from his homeland, forced to serve other kings, threatened with possible death. He had pretty good reason to doubt. He had some pretty good reason to be discouraged. And yet he trusted in God. He was a godly leader. The king saw that, was promoting him. Again, the only thing these other leaders could find against him was his relationship to God. Yet, faithfully, Daniel lived out prayer, this relationship, as a way of life. And I want to challenge, and I want to encourage you and I. It's not just for Biblical heroes, men and women of the Old Testament and New Testament, where we say Daniel and some of these others, wow, they served God. They developed this relationship of prayer, but boy, I I can't do that. You and I absolutely can. We can make prayer part of our way of life. So certainly kindle or rekindle prayer because it's a relationship, because it's a way of life, Finally, I challenge you to kindle or rekindle prayer because it's a choice. Prayer is a choice. Again, in verse 10, it says, When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, Daniel had a choice. Verse 10 says, He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem and prayed. Prayer was his choice. His prayer, his walk, his relationship, his communication with God, that was his choice. 
The opponents said, hey, that's the only thing we can find against Daniel. So the petition, this decree, this law says, if you pray to anyone other than the king, you're in violation. Daniel had a choice to make. Do you stop to think what those choices could be? Uh, the choices would be something like this. Number one, Daniel could have stopped praying. True? He could have. He could say, okay, I prayed, but now it's against the law, so I'm, I'm just not going to pray. Now, the benefit is, well, I'm probably going to live. The negative would be, I'm going to hinder and stop this fellowship and relationship and communication with God. But he could have chosen to stop praying. Secondly, he could have chosen to pray secretly. This is the choice many, many Christians would choose, right? I want to do both. I want to please God. And honor God, but I don't want to get in trouble with man, and I'd really not like to be lion snacks. So rather than praying three times a day, maybe I'll pray one or two. Rather than praying in my windows, maybe I'll literally go find a prayer closet. You've heard the phrase, prayer closet. Daniel could have said, I'm literally going in the closet. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to pray silently so nobody would know. I'm still going to pray. I just won't get in trouble. Many individuals would pick option number two. Option number three is keep praying. Option number three could cost his life. That was the choice Daniel made. Many would have picked option one. Stop praying at least for a time. Many would have picked option two. Pray, but oh, I don't want anybody to know. Daniel picked option three. His allegiance was to God. His faithfulness was to God. Prayer was a choice. He was God going to honor and develop God and build that relationship with God no matter what the consequence. Can the same be said about you and I? That our heart's desire is to build a relationship with God no matter the consequence. I'm going to dig into the word of God. I'm going to spend some time in prayer, even if that means I miss out on a few of these things over here or a few of these things over there, or if somebody says something about me because I'm praying or reading the Bible. Are we willing to make the choice no matter the consequence? See, not only did he keep praying, he prayed publicly. He went upstairs to his room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem and prayed. It's a challenge, a mighty challenge to you and to me. And so sometimes the challenge is, well, boy, I could, but... I've got some challenges of my own. No, I don't have a king threatening me to the lion's den, but we've got some challenges or we've got some excuses that we face. Let's try to hit a handful of those excuses real quick. Some might say, I don't know that I can pray. I'm too busy. I would, I would agree we are a busy 
people. Take a look at calendars. Take a look at schedules. Take a look at the fact that the average person opens one of these a hundred times a day. I would think that there is some way in our schedule that we can slot time with God in. In the midst of whatever that busyness entails, maybe it's getting up a few minutes earlier, maybe it's going to bed a little bit later, maybe it's uh, letting go of this over here so that I can spend some time with God over here. When the excuse says I'm too busy, the response is we make time for what's important to us. Second excuse, well, I just can't pray very long. Listen, we don't have to be literally on our knees for 24 hours out of 24 hours of the day. But we can spend some time set aside to pray to God, listen to God, and then be in that attitude and atmosphere of prayer throughout the remainder of the day. There can be some quality of prayer time, even if you think I don't have the quality some people say, since I can't pray five hours a day, I'm not going to pray. Let's start with five minutes. Five might become 10, which might become 15, which might become 20. Start somewhere, but you say, well, I don't have the time. I can't pray for hours. Start somewhere and pray. Another excuse might be this. I just can't pray in front of people. Good, you're praying to God. The, the prayer time, the prayer life, the devotional aspect is you and God privately. In a Sunday school setting, in a church service setting, there's a handful of occasions where we have some public prayer, but that's not your personal relationship to God. That's that corporate prayer time or corporate worship service. You at home, somewhere where it's comfortable, you and God can get alone Pray and develop a relationship. No need to impress God. Number four, fourth excuse. Someone might say, well, I just don't really know what to say. That's a, another common excuse. I mean, I know prayer is talking to God, it's communication, but what do I really say? I mean, with a family member, with a friend, with a coworker, with a classmate, I mean, we talk about sports and we talk about the weather, we talk about our job, we talk about this, and we talk, well, boy, what do I, what do I talk about with God? Now, over the years, I've, I've given this acronym, and, and we'll give you just a, a little prayer insight, but the word pray, P. R-A-Y. If you haven't heard it, short and simple. It gives you four simple categories or things to talk about or to pray about. Letter P stands for praise. Just begin thanking and praising God. I mean, when you talk a, to a friend or you talk to a, a family member, when you're thankful for who they are, how, how faithful they are as, as that uh, spouse or as that child or as that good friend or as that coworker. So you're thankful for who they are. God, I'm thankful for who you are. I'm going to spend a little bit of time in praise, praising and honoring God. How about the R? R is repent, to say, God, clean me. Cleanse me, forgive me. I've sinned. And sometimes, as a matter of reading God's word, we're reminded of sin. Sometimes, as a, a matter of our prayer time, 
We're kind of nudged about certain things. So we can praise God, but we can repent. We can say, God, cleanse and forgive me in these areas. The letter A simply stands for ask. To ask about needs and petitions and and prayer requests. God, in my life or in a family member's life or for some of these prayer needs that we've been praying about as a church. God, would you heal these bodies? Would you provide in these lives? Would you guide and direct and comfort and encourage? We can ask for God to meet needs in prayer. And then the why very simply stands for yield. God, help me to yield to you. Because we want our way right away. And in prayer, okay, God, I've praised you. I've tried to get clean and ask you to cleanse and to forgive me. And now I've asked for a whole bunch of things. I'm going to yield to you, your power, your presence, and yes, your timing, your will. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's grow. You've got some growing to do. Final excuse we'll cover today. Many times we say, nothing happens when I pray. I pray. And boy, it seems like everybody else's prayers get answered. You ever gotten kind of in the the poor old me dumps where we say, nothing I pray for happens But it seems like when so-and-so over here or so-and-so over here prays, boy, their prayers get answered. Nothing I pray about ever comes true, so why pray? The encouragement is keep praying. Jesus himself taught about praying and not giving up. He, He taught a parable about the persistent widow. The whole inside of that was pray and don't give up. Pray even when it doesn't seem like anything's happening. Pray and trust God. Listen, prayer is a choice. I want to encourage you, start somewhere in that walk, in that relationship, in that connection, you and God. For some, maybe your prayer life has consisted of a handful of words on a Sunday or a handful of words before a meal, or a handful of words before going to bed, I want to encourage you to expand that relationship with God. Don't feel you've got to jump into five hours or an hour, but start somewhere in prayer. Praise Him. Repent. Ask. Yield. I mean, even one minute on each of those starts you off at four That four might very simply become five or 10 or 15. Give God your best and then trust him in the midst of some difficult and challenging situations. We think many times nothing is happening. But many times it's behind the scenes. God's doing something. Many times when it seems like nothing is happening, all of a sudden God comes through. Why should we pray? Why should we kindle or rekindle to stir back up that prayer life? It's because prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a way of life. Ultimately, for you and me, prayer is a choice. 